Welcome back to The Ball, episode number 12. Before we get started, I want to give a huge shout out and thank you to our sponsors, The Owl and Thistle. You can find them on Post Avenue in Seattle. Also, thank you to all the listeners from the United States, United Kingdom, Ireland, and Australia. Brian, how's your uh, week of watching football? Any big announcements to make? No, but there was a ton of action. I think there's going to be plenty for us to talk about today. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into... Uh, some good games today. So, Wolves Villa, eleven cards. That's a whole team basically getting carded, and I think it was two red cards we had in that game. Harris sendoffs, yeah. And somehow Villa held on, we got the win, three points. Um, maybe took a hit on their disciplinary record, but. What can you do? It's the Premier League. Yeah, right? they got the three points. They probably also got 30 bruises and a couple knocks along the way. Hey, all is fair in love and football, right? But uh, some key players that have been really catching my eye on the Wolves, uh, Podence and Pedro Neto. First, I want to start with Podence. I just want to give a big shout-out to Podence. Podence, if you're listening, I'm sure you're not, but great, great player. He's only 25 years old, Portuguese, obviously, playing on Wolves. He's 5 foot 5 inches. Joined Wolves in 2020, so earlier this year in January. Um, 21 million. Now that's seeming like a bit of a bargain, especially with, with this market. Uh, Pedro Neto had an amazing stretch of games. Also got the goal against Chelsea. Uh, so did Podence. He's, also, he's 20 years old, also Portuguese. This is like a full-on Portuguese national team. They've got at Wolves there, and it's five feet eight inches. Um, both of them don't stand too tall, but their 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 game does all the talking, and their game definitely stands tall. So, shout out to Podence and Pedro Neto. They're small fellows, but they come up big in uh, the big moments. They're so skilled technically as well. I think that's what's really giving Podence the edge when he's in the middle. There is very intricate player with his feet. Now they both had a hand. In Chelsea's second straight loss over the weekend, they, they being Chelsea, I think they just fumbled the bag. You know, they came in, they were second in, in the table or third behind Liverpool. And now this is their second straight loss. They're now sixth in the table. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they are still in the ball's par rankings once we get to the bottom of the show. You know, last week we were talking about them as potential Premier League favorites, ever the talk of the town, and then like you said fumble i told i told everyone to not get too hyped on chelsea beating leeds chelsea beat leeds and everyone went went crazy now i think uh things are starting to even out a little bit manchester united versus manchester city big derby game and honestly there wasn't much to see Uh, both teams came in leveled on points or now they're level on points so this game was very big a win would have taken Manchester United up to third. They still have two games in hand. And it was kind of a disappointing game. Uh, Pogba started, which was a rare start for him. They had the same midfield as they had versus Leipzig when they won 5-0 at home in the Champions League. Uh, But both teams mirrored each other formation-wise. Fernandinho and Rodrigo just nullified whatever Manu was trying to do. Mares was subbed subbed off again. Really tough stretch here for Mares. I was I was hoping to see him maybe get a couple goals, but he's been pre- pretty quiet. Um, 
you think they're just adjusting to his game now after a couple of seasons in the Premier League? Well, he had the, some prolonged success. You know, it wasn't like he was a one-and-done player either. You know, he coming from Leicester, he was scoring goals and he, last year at City, doing the same. I think, yeah, he might just be losing a step and, you know, Pep's starting to favor some of these younger guys like Ferran Torres. That's true. Yeah, and he did come on later on in that game for Marez. Um Man of the match was Luke Shaw. He was playing on the same side as Marez, so that's probably why he had a lot of freedom to run up and down the flanks there. But biggest takeaways... I think the coaches lacked a bit of creativity. Um, it's a bit harsh to say, but usually when you have this quality of players and you're a team like Manchester United and Manchester City, you won't have uh, players on the other end to match up with you. And when you come up against the top six, top five clubs in the league, you're going to have to get a little bit more creative. Both of the, both of the teams lined up in a 4-3-2-1 and made the match a bit tame. And the lineups were exactly the same. They both came out pretty narrow in this 4-2-3-1. And they had one lone striker up there. Now, looking at the lineup, I can see why this game was 0-0. Rashford and Jesus, although they're good, Rashford has a bit more pace. Um, I don't see them as match winners yet. You know? I don't see them as someone that you can tell, hey, go get us three points. I don't think they're there yet. Aguero is for Manchester City, but obviously he's coming off injuries. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with these two teams. Uh, Brian, what do you what do you think uh, about these very identical formations that they put out? You mentioned that both teams lack creativity. I think what they were lacking more so is courage. You know, neither team seemed to be wanting to go after that victory. Um, you know, there's match winners on each side, but no one came through. And taking a look at some of the stats here, United edged Man City out with shots, although Man City had more possession. United had 11 shots to City's nine. And aerial duels were pretty even, 10 to 8 tackles, um, which this tackling number might just come from the fact that Manchester City had most of the ball. So... Manchester United had 23 tackles and City only had six. So maybe showing a bit of that not very aggressive uh, coming in and wanting those three points really, really badly, as we saw in today's game versus uh, Liverpool and Tottenham. Um, this was kind of a letdown. This this game was kind of a letdown uh, for me. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Both of these teams have started out very slowly. And lest we forget, this Manchester City team had like what a hundred points was it two three seasons ago and now i'm not sure i'm thinking maybe the winner this this year will probably have somewhere around 80 85 points and do you think those days of 100 point seasons are gone definitely in manchester you know we're seeing a lot of mediocrity in manchester these days especially from city you know we've expected so much out of them out of these past years these significant signings they've made and of course, everyone praises Pep for his soccer knowledge and you know, what he brings to the squad, but it's just not translating on the field right now. It is not translating, but the benefit of watching a league like Premier League is there's not really time in between uh, where you're going without football and you're going without watching a great game, which 
Liverpool and Tottenham was exactly that. I think this was a matchup of two opposites, and the opposites attract. They also make for very, very good games. Tottenham and Liverpool are opposite ends when it comes to tactics, uh, team makeup. They're a bit similar up top with the pace, but that's as far as that goes. And the managers couldn't be any more different, and their football cultures also couldn't be any more different. Now, watching this game, I feel that it was exactly what the doctor ordered, or what the doctor expected. It was a clash of two systems. Um, both of these teams were top the table. Only difference was uh, goal differential. Uh, Mourinho came out in a 4-4-2. Klopp came out in this classic 4-3-3. Now, seeing these teams line up, the Kane and Huming Sun duo up there really got me excited because I wanted to see Sun Huming versus Trent Alexander-Arnold and even Robertson. Uh, Sung Hyo Min was given the freedom this game to just roam around and he found himself in some good positions. Uh, picked up that goal and it was classic Tottenham goal. I'm sure Klopp was not very uh, happy to see that go in just because I'm sure they were spent all week in training uh, trying to nullify that counter-attack. Uh, Brian, what did, you, what did you see from this game, being, being a Liverpool fan? You know, being a Liverpool fan, you know, my focus is always on the Reds. Uh, I think the standout and deservedly so and awarded Roberto Firmino was the man of the match. You know, he's been scrutinized throughout the season for not scoring goals. There's been increased pressure with Jota performing so well, and he really came through today. He created a number of chances and ultimately came through with the winner in the 90th minute. Now, Firmino's winner, as a Liverpool fan, are you comfortable with having a center forward um, who doesn't really score too many goals drops in um, obviously it helps having Salah and Mane but it, during this transfer window do you would you like to see the club go out there and maybe try to chase down a prolific goal scorer or a classic number nine you know I don't think it's needed you know there's plenty of goals in the boots of Salah Mane and even from our midfielders you know Wijnaldum and companies proven that they can come through and score um, I think you know Firmino adds an important layer to this team especially with the press being so important to our success and you know he's he's the leader of that he's the organizer and he's the one that makes that possible now looking looking at your defense here you had williams come in i think it was his uh, premier league debut going up against uh the likes of harry kane arguably one of the best players in the world and how do you think his performance was you know overall he was solid you know he had that one error with the mistimed header that led to the really scary Bergeron chance in the second half that could have stolen all the points away from Liverpool but outside of that he looked strong you know he's a formidable kid he's only 19 but he's tall he's he's fit um and what impressed me the most was his ability to ping the ball around and really spread the ball out there was a few times or uh, specifically one time I remember ring uh, Robertson took a corner it bounced out all the way to the halfway line to uh, Williams I think Salah was making a run on the right side, but Williams decided to play it safe and played to Henderson uh, in the middle there. Would you like to see him become a bit more aggressive uh, moving forward, or do you think it was just first game, uh, let's play safe? We know we know this team is dangerous on the counterattack, so let's just feed it through the middle and uh, stick to the basics. You know, there's time for that to, to come. Like you said, it was his first Premier League performance. I think just minimizing the mistakes and doing your job, and that's what he did. And they came out with the points. Now, 
the one man that's been missing from the scoring sheet is Sadio Mane. I think he's gone seven now without uh, scoring a goal. He started out the season firing, uh, playing very well. What, is, can you say anything about his recent run of form? Do you think he's uh, just been figured out or it's just getting unlucky? No, I don't think that's going on in his head at all. I think he's one of the most selfless players on Liverpool and likely across the uh, Premier League. And, you know, the Liverpool has been able to string out these results and the goals have been coming from other places. And I think Mane's always going to be there. He's always dangerous. So ultimately, when we look at a game like this, right, you've got a team that comes out in a 4-4-2. They've got really low defensive block and just ask the question to break us down. Now, usually I feel if you're not playing a Liverpool, it would work. I, I don't think... Um, the, the league is filled with too many players who have the skill and the determination to break down a Mourinho team, as we saw happen today. Do you think in the long run, this style of play can overcome the more attacking and um, creative football that we enjoy seeing? And um, do you think Tottenham can keep going in and getting these one nils or two nils and end up on top? Mourinho and Tottenham have proven that it has worked. You know, they've beaten the likes of Chelsea, Tottenham, and other top teams this season already while having, you know, less than 30% possession. It's when you have the likes of Kane and Son, who are both arguably top five players in the league, they're always there. They're always prepared to win a game for you. Now, taking a quick look at the table now, Liverpool is top, and Man United... Still has two games in hand, still have 20 points. And Chelsea, big moving. They were second just a couple of days ago, or third, sorry, a couple of days ago. Now they're down at six, which will definitely shake up the ball's power rankings this week. So um, let's let's see how those shaked out. Uh, what are the ball's power rankings looking like? Start at the bottom here. At number five, we have Southampton. Currently third at the table with 24 points, just underneath Tottenham. You know, they've had a good string of games here, and they have one of the most prolific offenses in the Premier League. You know, they have the third most goals in the league, only behind Liverpool and Chelsea. And, you know, they keep stringing along results. Number four. This might surprise some of our ball listeners, but we have Manchester United. Now, like Sui just mentioned, you know, they have two games in hand, but they're already at 20 points. They have Sheffield United and Leeds coming up, both very winnable matches. If they do so, they propel themselves into second place right behind Liverpool. They're, they're a very sneaky team I'm seeing now here. With the with those two games in hand, if they win, that's, 20, that's 26 points. Now, assuming everything else stays the same, which probably it won't in the Premier League, but they've got a chance to get up in that top three and start fighting for that Champions League position. And, you know, once Cavani gets fit and gets into the lineup, that's another goal scorer adds to them. I think there's a lot of potential to that side, especially with the likes of Aaron Wambasaka in the back who can shut down any winger in this league. be good to note, their elimination from the Champions League, they can now focus a little bit more on the domestic league. Um, I'm sure the United fans would not like to see them get eliminated from the Europa League as well. But in the long run, I feel like that could be a, a beneficial to their league position at the end of the table. Now, so we've got Southampton 5, Man U 4. So who's coming in at number 3? 
Number three, we have Everton coming back into our ball power rankings. Um, this past week, they had two huge victories over Chelsea and Leicester, both top six teams in the table. Um, you know, they had a skid in the middle of the season here after their extremely hot start, but it appears that they're back on track. Now they've got Arsenal coming up next in the league and then Sheffield United. So great, great chance to pick up six points there, especially with uh, Arsenal's recent form, although they uh, picked up a draw today. But very big chance for them to move up the table. Yeah, Sheffield has yet to win a game in this league thus far this season. And Arsenal, the most disappointing side in the league. I think that's two victories upcoming for Everton. Everton coming in at number three. And then number two, we have the team that played today. um, And according to Jose Mourinho, was the the better team in the loss, Tottenham. You know, Tottenham, again, they, they took the loss against Liverpool, but that can't say too much about them with the quality that Liverpool has on their side. Even with only 20% possession, they look dangerous throughout. They had uh, a couple chances from Bergewijn that could have easily sealed the victory and would have propelled them to the not only the top of the Premier League, but the top of the ball's uh, power rankings had they done so. And if, if you were an Instagram user out there, I would highly suggest following Jose Mourinho. He has some incredible bits. He posted one today. Uh, right after the ball hit the woodworks uh, from Bergwijn's attempt you could just see Mourinho's scowl on his face and he ended up posting that same picture later on uh, on Instagram so give him, give him uh, a follow and looking at their coming up uh, their next fixtures here they've got Leicester City and Wolves now they're going to see Leicester City which is obviously a very good team currently fourth in the, on the table and then Wolves uh, they're seeing Podence and Neto uh, I think that's going to be a great game to watch. It might give their back line a couple of uh, uh, some challenges, you would say. To say the least. And, you know, like you said, Mourinho, arguably the best manager in the Premier League, undeniably the best entertainer. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, do I even have to ask? Who's at number one? You know, it's going to bring me so much more joy if uh, you announce it, Sui. Who is the number one in the Balls Power Rankings? Number one, we've got Liverpool. Coming in with a big win today, top of the table, and looking good. Yeah, Firmino's performance is so promising for Liverpool today. You know, having him confident, it just brings a whole other dynamic to that attack. And even with the injuries they've uh, sustained, they've been able to manage. Um, filling in with some youngsters and some of our reserve players and really haven't missed that much of a step. Now, I see 12 points here that are just begging to go into Liverpool's pockets. They've got Crystal Palace, West Brom, Newcastle, Southampton. We can even keep going. Then they've got Manchester United. I see them winning all those games. Yeah, this is the point in the season where I see Liverpool separating themselves from the field. Absolutely. Especially with this line of fixtures, this is a golden opportunity to really separate themselves from the pack. And um, it'll be interesting to see if they really take this big, big opportunity. And imagine them coming back healthier than they are now. It's it's really a scary thought. The fact that they're still doing this with arguably one of the best center halves in the world gone is even more impressive. Well, and think of what uh, Thiago could have brought to the in terms of breaking down that Tottenham uh, wall they put up. His passing and precision. Uh, give him back in this lineup. And oh yeah, we're t- we're talking about a guy who broke the Premier League passing record in his first half 
on the pitch the first game um that's, that was a very big big loss for them and do you know when he's coming back what why is why is he gone i'm not exactly sure what his status is i know he was battling covid for a while there and i think he has a knock but you know let's let's take this string of easy games ahead of us get healthy and then bring him back into the lineup big big winner games coming up for for liverpool let's see how the season shakes out thanks for tuning into the ball airing every wednesday on apple itunes and spotify let's get the ball rolling see you next week